2: covering the sports betting landscape from
3: coast to coast this is betting across america with mike pritchard and josh applebaum on VSense, the sports betting network good afternoon everybody and welcome into the show it is betting across america and we are presented by betmgm i'm mike pritchard i'm one of your hosts i'm out in las vegas your other host is on the east coast out in boston it's josh applebaum good afternoon josh
4: Good afternoon, Pritch. Happy Monday, my man. The last day yeah. in February here. So let's right. see if we can finish up this month with a bang. Get uh, get ready to, for March here. Super excited for conference tournaments and March Madness. And Pritch, we had a lot to get to. A lot to recap over the weekend. Obviously, Saturday, you had a ton of ranked teams. I think it was a, a record almost seven ranked teams mm-hmm. in the top ten, all losing outright. Some teachable moments in general. We can talk about, obviously, another big card tonight. A couple big games, Baylor, Texas, as well as Wyoming, San Diego State, which is a really interesting line move here. So a lot to get to, Pritch. And I would just say we're not going to let us get it. Uh, we're not going to let it get us down. But I'm seeing some tweets about Major League Baseball. The owners willing to tank the first month of the season. Like, can we come to an agreement here? I need baseball in my life. You know, the weather's starting to get a little bit better. I want to sweat some. Uh, hopefully, no bad beats where we, we have an over and you know or an under and it sails over in the tenth inning pitch. But let's get baseball going. I hope that that. Uh, that report from Evandrelic about the from the Athletics saying uh, they're willing to tank games and miss games. I hope that that's just a you know a negotiating ploy here, Pritch, because I want baseball and uh, hey, there's nothing better in the spring when we can bet on some baseball.
3: Well, the owners are trying to break the players' uh, union. Uh, Josh, you're trying to get people to kind of cave to their demands, certainly. And I, I've been through this uh, when I first got into the National Football League. We had to break our union, become an association because of the owners, and uh, we wanted free agency. Uh, And so, you know, you kind of come to this kind of situation with collective bargaining uh, and that's what they're doing right now. They're bargaining and and certainly got two sides here uh, that's trying to come to an agreement. So those always get difficult. Uh, And as fans, we get caught in the middle and sometimes players, they they get caught in the fact that the owners try to break them. And also uh, they try to turn sentiment against the players. So uh, the players, they seem banded, though. They seem banded together in terms of what they want right now.
4: They really do, and it's a funny you bring that up, Pritch, because uh, the last negotiating uh, meeting, you had Max Scherzer come up in his Porsche, and the big headline was, <laughs> here's Scherzer showing up in his Porsche, right, and right. they're unwilling to negotiate. It's like, oh, yeah, but do you know that like the owners have like 25 Porsches? Exactly. Like, it just seemed like, yeah, like <laughs> right. why are you going after the, the player there? Yeah. So, oh. Hopefully these are just tactics, Pritch, but uh, you know, again, nothing annoys me more than billionaires arguing with millionaires. And if you're the billionaire owners, think of how good you have it. You own a baseball yeah. team. You, 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 this, there's nothing better than that. And you're fighting over more money. Like just, Hey, let, as fans and as betters, we need baseball. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this thing comes to an agreement and we don't miss any games.
3: Yeah. They're, they're fighting over, not giving up anything. Basically that's what the billionaires want. <laughs> Let's get to some of these sports uh, Josh, in terms of recapping uh, the betting uh, going into the weekend. I, mentioned Harden uh, and Embiid, that combination, thinking that, okay, immediately we'll see the impact, and we did. Uh, certainly Harden, looking at his player prop of 21 points in that first game, uh, he exceeded that. In fact, uh, he's exceeded all expectations, in my opinion. Uh, and then also trying to look um, around the supporting cast and how they're going to get involved uh, with the big two out there in Philly. It's off to a great start. My only concern, though, because of the grind and the rigors of the NBA and heading towards the playoffs – can hard to stay healthy. If he does,
4: I mean, they look uh, unbelievable right now they really do and you've kind of seen so far Pritch. both games that they've been in you know they were kind of a, a popular bet where you didn't have much of a line move but they cash both plays obviously the first one against uh, the T Wolves this mm-hmm. one here against the Knicks um, and really you got to tip your cap I would say to Harden because uh, obviously he's, you know putting up the a huge box score here and really filling the stat sheet but his assists are huge Pritch. what do you have like 10 assists at halftime yeah so it just goes to show you he's kind of embracing the hey let me be a facilitator you know I've scored a million points I've had years where I averaged 30 yeah, Pritch, I think He had one year average like 38 points a game or 36 uh, a few years ago. So I think that's a good sign if you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan that Harden isn't coming in saying, Hey, I need 40 points a game. Instead, he's really feeding Embiid, who's your favorite here, to win the MVP Mm -hmm. uh, with a a huge move here in his favor. I think he's like plus 150, plus 200. So not a great value at point at this point. But I think that speaks well to coming into a new team and and again, burning some bridges, you know, what's his third team in three years, something like that. So I think the fact that he's assisting, he's not too concerned about his scoring and what, what's the most important stat here, Pritch W's wins. And that's what you're seeing so far here. So again, if you're a Sixers fan, I think you're loving what you're seeing out of Harden. So far.
3: yeah, he's creating so much space on the floor too, Josh. It's incredible. uh, The amount of attention that's already garnered towards Harden, Uh, And the 76ers, we'll see if they can build on it. And then also other takeaways from the weekend. You mentioned it uh, on Saturday, uh, seven of college basketball's top 10 teams lose. If you were a wildcat, a tiger, uh, a dog, uh, well, who else? I'm trying to think of another mascot here. I mean, you had a bad, bad day. I'm representing the Buffs, by the way, in my black and gold outfit right now. Uh, Way to go see you as they take down Arizona. What'd you make of that situation when you had seven of college basketball's top 10 teams all lose on one day?
4: So Pritch, by the way, that, that Colorado Buffs jersey, I gotta bust it out for you too, because you're all right. <laughs> the Huge win there. And I do have the, the full list for you, Pritch. So these were your top ten teams that all lost on Saturday. Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Purdue kansas uh, kentucky and texas tech so mm-hmm. on the one hand you say hey it's pretty rare that this happens and again you look at that uh, ken Palm night what was that wednesday night where he was 28 and 0 straight up on all his plays obviously you had a huge day on saturday where all these ranked teams uh, end up losing i think it creates a lot of value in terms of the, the futures market if you like some of these teams that lost like gonzaga or arizona or auburn or whoever uh, you're going to get a little bit of a better number following these losses but it just speaks to what we always talk about on the show Pritch. The rankings, the rankings, right. that one or two digit number next to a team, it has such an influence on the public. And you really kind of feel sorry for casual bettors sometimes because, you know, when I first started betting Sports, Rich, and a lot of new bettors, you say, wow, this team is second in the country or 10 in the country. They're playing a team that's unranked. They have to win. They're much better. But just remember that you always kind of want to look at it the other way. You want to kind of bet against these ranked teams. Look at some of these unranked teams that can really have some value. Like two takeaways for me this weekend, Pritch. Number one, Maryland. Maryland at home against Ohio State yesterday where Ohio State was the ranked team. Maryland was not. Uh, I also like Pritch like if you're unranked and you've lost a couple games in a row, that's a really good buy low spot. Mm-hmm. But don't always fall in love with the rankings. Look at what the line in the market is telling you. Like that game against Ohio State. Ohio State yesterday was getting like 90% of bets. No one wanted to touch Maryland, yet Ohio State opened laying four and a half, got down to four, got down to three and a half. So you ask yourself if everyone's on that ranked team, why didn't Ohio State get up to minus five or minus six? I know it's tough and sometimes you, you know, you lose this bet and you say like, you know, wow, what an idiot I was. Why didn't I just take the ranked team, but don't let a one game sample kind of sway you. This is a tried and true system for me over the long haul, trying to bet these unranked teams versus ranked teams. The other one pitch from the weekend was a fade the trendy dog play an epic one there yesterday with Houston. Houston was at home against SMU. Right. SMU was 20 and six going in that game. They had beaten Houston previously. And yet despite like 70, 80% of bets on SMU, you had a big number there, which a lot of people were scared off by, but Houston opened, you know, minus 10, they got up to 10 and a half or 11, even though you had big betting on SMU. So in that situation, the public wasn't on the ranked team. They were on the, the trendy dog there. These are the only ranked opportunities I like when you're a contrarian ranked team versus a really popular ranked team. So, so much to talk about, Pritch, but really good teachable moments over the weekend in terms of wanting to be with a ranking if they're contrarian and bet against the ranking if they're really, really popular with the betting public. Also, let's point out where you can find that
3: information. Steve McEnany did an incredible job outlining the home stretch run for home teams uh, and dog situations or or favorite situations, just how strong uh, they are from a continuity standpoint with teams at home. Uh, Certainly, we know, and we understand home court advantage and college hoops exist. Uh, But then just the correlation of how it's been so strong for a number of years, outstanding information inside Point Spread Weekly. You could have cashed a number of tickets uh, reading Point Spread Weekly. Uh, Let's get to the National Football League real quick, Josh, because uh, your Evan Neal guy uh, is now minus 150 to be the NFL number one overall pick. I'm seeing a number of mocks that have Evan Neal going number one.
4: Pritch, I am really pumped about this, my <laughs> man. This is something that we hit on from the very start right. here. I didn't really hear much chatter about Evan Neal. And we kind of identified that number one, a lot of the respected mock drafts had him going number one. So your Kypers, your McShays, uh, Pritch, I know you're like big on like Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks and these guys, they all had him uh, number one overall. You also got to think about, hey, you got all these three, uh, three offensive linemen who are free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to replace them. You can get someone on a kind of a friendly rookie deal, get the fifth year option. You got to protect uh, Trevor Lawrence. But then also, Pritch, it was a data-driven play. And again, I don't want to, you know, you know, get too excited now because something could happen. They could draft someone else. You know, closing line value is only good if it actually wins you your bet. Here, it does tell you you're on the right side, but. For those of us who jumped on the plus 175, you love to see this. Now some books are Neil minus 150. That is a huge move in his favor. I'm gonna say that betting across America caused that steam, Pritch, because we were talking 33% of bets, but almost half the money on Neil. Right. Big move toward Neil. So I don't want to get ahead of my skis here. I'll celebrate <laughs> if if he goes number one overall. But this just goes to show you, if you kind of think through a prop bet, you look at the market, you look at the data, you can really, you know, early bird get some worm here, and that's what happened. Uh, so well, let's go, Neil. We're halfway home, Pritch. We got the line move. Right. Right. We got the CLV. Now we just need uh, the Jags to walk up to the podium and take him number one.
3: Well, he opened 25 to one. Uh, and so, uh, interesting news, too. Uh, Sean, our audio producer, informed me. I kind of heard this news, but didn't really know if it was cemented. But, you know, you think about the Hall of Fame game, you got Jacksonville uh, involved in that first game of the year. So uh, if you want to solve your issues in a hurry, uh, then certainly taking care of tackle, the best tackle, the best player perhaps on the board in this year's draft could go to Jacksonville.
4: Yeah, it makes a ton of sense, Pritch. And again, you got to replace some of these offensive linemen that you're yeah. probably going to miss in free agency. He's cost effective. And also, what is he, 6'7", 350? He played at the premier uh, school here in college. No offense to Georgia, Pritch. But uh, a lot of Saban, you know, things to like about him. So <laughs> he can play both tackles. I love this bet. And, and we're halfway home, Pritch. Let's, yeah. let's take it home this week. Yeah,
3: month. let's take it home. Again, down from 25 to 1 where he opened. Okay, now minus 150. Uh, at uh, DraftKings has them at minus 145, so uh, that's a good ticket you're holding right there, Josh. Uh, we're going to shift to the madness here uh, and a little bit later on in the program, too, because I, I think uh, conference tournament time can be madness. But get everything you need right now to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, a daily best bet emails, our, our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy, for only $19. Right now you can get it for $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every. Round of the tournament, get expert analysis. Greg Hoops Peterson on every team, conference, and players to watch. Uh, all this information again for nineteen dollars. Uh, it's April fifth. Uh, you get that information through April fifth uh, on vsin.com slash Madness. Well, Josh, coming up, we know these quarterbacks are making news with contract demands. How about owners making news? It could affect some divisions. That's next.
5: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
3: This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on vSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey everybody, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM Casino on the strip with your state-issued ID, open an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. You're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, please call one 800 522 47 Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host with you today. And so, Josh, we, we have NFL futures to talk about because over the weekend, NFC West odds dropped. Um, of course, you know, you got the favorite at the Rams plus 150, the 49ers plus 230, the Cardinals plus 320, and the Seahawks plus 500. So, quarterbacks, too, in particular, making news within this division. Let's start with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, is agent, sent a contract proposal already to the Cardinals. Um, You know, everything is is copacetic right Right between Kyler and the Cardinals. Everything's going okay. He just wants a new contract. He feels like he's outplayed his contract. And Ben Wilson, our producer, uh, he gave us some stats here. 70 touchdowns, 20 rushing, passing touchdowns, 20 rushing touchdowns. In his first three years, I mean, it's probably head and shoulders above anybody else at this point in uh, three years into their contract. Josh, so my question to you as a better, do you think this can interfere in any way for the Cardinals this coming season?
4: So it's a great question, Pritch. And I would say, first off, if you're looking for some intel on, on this whole, uh, you know, saga with posting it from his agent and what he's mean, the kind of the underlying uh, kind of reasoning for this, I would go to Michael Lombardi's Twitter page, because Michael's been great, <laughs> quote, you know, kind of calling this a ransom note, basically, from <laughs> right. the agent here. So uh, that's really, I would just give it a shot and, you know, t- check it out. I think Michael had a really good take on this. But to me, Pritch, it, I don't know. And on the one hand, you know, when it comes to outperforming your contract, Uh, I get it. You've had a great, you know, first couple years of your career. I think he mentioned in this post that, you know, they've gone up three wins every single year, which is actually really impressive here. Mm -hmm. And then you finally get to the playoffs. Obviously, they really tanked there, drafting Josh Rosen, and they kind of bottomed out. So on the one hand, you're feeling good about Kyler Murray. His numbers have gotten better every single year. And if you outperform your contract, you want to get paid more. But here's the thing, Pritch, if Kyler Murray was struggling and he was a total bust here, uh, would he be asking for more money or giving back money? I don't think so. You know, you're kind of going to stick with your deal. And this is kind of the way these contracts are structured. So he actually has two more years on his deal. Uh, And to me, you know, I think you you play this one out and then become a free agent. They pick up your contract, either sign a mega deal. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, Pritch, I'll defer to you. I just think it's kind of weird with Murray. Like, why are you making it just seems selfish to me that, you know, you, you have that loss in the playoffs where you absolutely get rolled. Mm-hmm. He was a big reason why he calls himself a scapegoat. Now you post this. I'm just kind of tired of, of today's modern athlete doing this. Like let your play do the talking and, and and don't speak through your, your agent here, but I'll defer to you, Pritch. I never played in the NFL. What do you think Murray's actually trying to do with this post? Well, his play has
3: been doing the talking. That's why his agent is trying to get a new deal. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, you think about it, the Cardinals, Uh, they empowered Kyler Murray when they drafted him after drafting Josh Rosen, in a sense, getting rid of your other first-round overall pick uh, right there when when you think about what the Cardinals did with two quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray is interesting because his agent is trying to circumvent the the process. In other words, you got the fifth-year option that the Cardinals can drop. They can also drop the franchise tag multiple times, like we saw with Dak Prescott. So from a player's standpoint, they're trying to get around all that and get the new deal done now, uh, even though Kyler Murray might be worth more money later on if he played through his contract. Uh, but you, you brought up a great point. He is often injured. He's a little guy, Josh, and his game has changed. Uh, and I think Kyler Murray discovered that for himself firsthand against the Rams in the playoffs. Playoff football is completely different than regular season, right? Uh, and it's certainly different from college. Uh, and when you don't suck it up, And then when you look weak out there, you get exposed. And so I think he's trying to cash in now, to be honest. This is about money, it's always about money. Uh, But he's trying to cash in now. And I think as a better, people need to keep in mind this could get more disruptive as we get closer and closer to the season. Uh, He could hold out. Uh, He could, you know, you talk about holding them ransom. Michael Lombardi could be spot on with this when he gets closer and closer to training camp, right? In terms of holding out, trying to demand a new contract situation. Because if he's trying to demand a new contract now, uh, he's not going to stop uh, until he try to get, to, to gets closer to getting a new contract. So uh, to me, as a better, I'm going to be conscious uh, uh, conscious of this situation. And, and certainly, uh, I'm going to suspect that things are going to have to have some type of movement or, or else this could carry on through the season. And certainly, uh, if you're a better
4: on the Cardinals, you don't want that to happen. Yeah, you really don't. And again, could this become an even bigger distraction? Like, does he outperform his deal? Does he have a great start to next year? And do you hear rumblings about, you know, hey, he wants more money. He wants a better contract. So to me, Pritch, you know, you got to remember, Kyler Murray was a first-round pick in Major League Baseball as well. Like, he could have gone to the baseball diamond. He could have, you know, played football. You know, either way, obviously, football, you know, that's really kind of the premier sport in America where you're going to obviously, uh, you know, have the biggest influence on our culture and, you know, get the biggest spotlight. But baseball, you could have a long career and make more money and, and be less. Injured here, so in football, you know you got to make as much as you can as you know as quickly as you can because your your career is very finite, mm-hmm. and one injury can you know end it for you. But Pritch, I just don't like the way that the season ended, like Murray, and, I, and here I am being a little bit bitter because I took him in the points there in that playoff game against the right. Rams, but you're turning the ball over you know you you're making all these big mistakes like i could see them you know having a great year maybe he plays great in the last game but i just think you know the way the season ended and again football's a team sport i just feel like it's all about him and i don't know how that rubs off on the rest of the locker room like as you mentioned do, do, does you know hopkins when he's get, you know back and ready to play and healthy does it annoy him does it annoy these other players how does kingsbury act with this and if you're the arizona cardinals do you give in and give him this huge deal or do you say hey you are kind of a, a great player but oftentimes injured, a smaller player. You take one big hit. Uh, we did see when he had that shoulder sprain, how it completely affected his game. I would, I'm would. i interested to see how the Arizona Cardinals handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would play it out. I wouldn't give them a deal right now. I'd say, hey, keep well, they, playing. Right. When, when your contract's up, you know we'll give you the big deal. I just think with the Cardinals' pitch, plus 320, they got to prove it to me. I think this is a negative for the team, not a positive.
3: Yeah, they don't have to give them a big deal. Like I mentioned, they got the fifth-year option, and then they can franchise tag him to hold it up. They don't have to commit to anything. Uh, to be honest with you. So that's what I'm saying. This could come. This could get difficult. This could get really difficult. The Rams plus 150 look pretty attractive right now. The 49ers plus three, 230 right now uh, looks attractive as well. The Seahawks plus 500. Uh, there's a report coming out of Indy. Colts owner Jim Irsay is a huge Russell Wilson fan and would love to trade for him. If that's not tampering, I don't know what is, (laughs) right? When you have a headline like that. Uh, So Russell Wilson uh, might not be a Seahawk. Uh, Certainly uh, he is disgruntled up there too. Uh, So Josh, so many things can handle. I am not touching the Seahawks at plus 500.
4: I really, I'm not going to either pitch. And again, you kind of look at Wilson and, and the Colts here and uh, you know, it does make sense. You know, they make a big trade there for Carson Wentz. He actually put up really good numbers early and then tailed off and, you know, completely tanked there down the stretch. And I agree with the Pritch. Like if this was the NBA and Mark Cuban said this about a <laughs> right. player, Adam silver would, would issue him a $500,000 fine in the mail, like immediately. So uh, we'll see how maybe, uh, you know, Goodell handles this, but uh, Ursay is kind of a wild card. He's a very emotional guy. He's, you know, definitely wants to bring a championship to, uh, you know, obviously, to uh, the, the Colts, you know, the post Peyton Manning days. But to me, you know, with the Seahawks pitch, you need draft picks. Uh, the, obviously, the Colts can't give you that. They don't have one to give you in, in this draft. I am wondering the direction of the Seahawks. I think it could be a rebuild type situation. You know, we talk about the Jets with two first round picks, the Giants with two first round picks. Jets are pretty committed to Wilson. You know, Giants, I guess they're saying with Dayball, they're going to build around, uh, you know, Daniel Jones here. But, you know, if he wants to go to a bigger market, what about a a G-men type trade? That could make some sense. I just think that plus 500, you think of Wilson and plus 500, you're like, hey, it's worth a shot here. Mm -hmm. They could, you know, turn it around. But, To me, Pritch, uh, you know, you you don't have a lot of draft picks. You don't have a ton of salary cap space. And your quarterback is, you know, somewhat disgruntled here. That's a no play for me. If you're making me bet this division, it's Rams plus 150. And does Tom Brady maybe go to the 49ers? It could be a pipe dream. But yeah, 230. Those are the only two teams I'm interested in this division.
3: Yeah. I mean, it could get ugly down there with the Cardinals uh, because the whole resume versus leverage thing. And that's what Kyler Murray and his agents trying to establish. They have the resume. Certainly, he's outperformed his contract, but they don't have the leverage, Uh, and that's the big difference, and certainly uh, it's the eye-opening moment for you as a player. Do you have the leverage? Aaron Rodgers got the leverage with Jeopardy and certainly winning back-to-back MVPs, and now he's asking for the moon and stars and Jupiter, right? Uh, But I don't know if Kyler Murray can do that right now, especially after that performance in the playoffs.
4: Exactly, Pritch, and you know I'll defer to you. I don't need any names, but did you ever play with any players who had contract disputes? And does the team side with that players, like, hey, we all should get paid, we want more money, or is it, hey, man, like this is a team game, like let's not make it about you? What's your experience? Well, in
3: that situation? Well, you just mentioned baseball and those billionaires trying to withhold money from millionaires <laughs> in in their in their sport. Same thing in the National Football League. Billionaires they don't want to pay you unless they have to. You know Jerry Jones, he didn't want to pay Dak Prescott until he had to. Right, uh, he franchise tagged him twice before uh, coming to an agreement right there. So I, I think agents will try to get around that process if they can. And uh, with the fifth-year option in front of Kyler Murray as well as the franchise tag situation, uh, it's not looking good uh, in Arizona. And then with the Seattle Seahawks, Russell just wants to be a superstar, uh, and it's all about his ego. And I, I don't think that's going to happen uh, if they rebuild out there in Seattle. Plus 500 is not attractive at all. Coming up on the program, though, we got some more uh, basketball to talk about. The Madness, we're going to talk about that, as well as the NBA, some key games in the association. That's coming up next, right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of Betting Across America is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all of the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. Each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find a satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, which is America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your zen. So head over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. So, Josh, the association, some key games uh, in in the NBA. Uh, Let's start with Chicago uh, on the road to Miami. Miami's laying four points, 221 And a half to total. Before we get to the breakdown of the game, uh, you know, obviously some injury concerns with uh, Chicago when a complete team or the depth uh, of that basketball team is fully intact. Uh, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, But when you have Miami in this spot in first place, and you know, you're looking at the next four games Chicago, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, with KD and Kyrie, by the way, uh, and then Philly. I mean, as a better, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to suggest that Miami's looking ahead on that schedule, but I don't know how they helped themselves for not looking ahead uh, past the Bulls a little bit as you eye in this next week uh, in the association within your conference.
4: I'm with you, Pritch. And again, you think as pros, you know, pros versus college players, like in college, the look ed spot can be a really, really good situation because, you know, you're a younger player. You're not really used to kind of the you know professional game yet. And you could be, you know, playing a sandwich game or kind of a lower competition and just saying, wow, we got a big rivalry game next. Those are kind of some bet against opportunities. So in terms of this one, Pritch, you know, I didn't really make a play on this one, but I would say a little bit of money on the heat here. You know, some of these books open as low as, you know, I saw some openers like three and a half, four, some of these fours now up to four and a half. The notable Thing to me is, I believe Kyle Lowry is out for this game. So even though you're missing Lowry, Pritch, like I figured, hey, with no Lowry, this thing would tank, you know, further to to the Bulls here. But yet it's kind of stayed where it's at, or even moved further. Toward the Miami Heat, so uh, you're seeing a lot of these fours now creep up to four and a half. If you like the Heat, I'd probably get them now because this thing is going to uh, creep up before you know it. Uh, we have seen in the month of February. I know it's the last day of the month, but favorites have done very well. They're uh, 85 and 69 against the spread, 55%. That would qualify here with Miami, and also a big move t- uh, to the total downward pitch. When Lowry was expected to play, the total was, I believe, 227. It's now all the way down to 221 and mm-hmm. a half. I would be intrigued by maybe a buy low over opportunity because when you get to that bottom low watermark uh, at 221 and a half, I think there's going to be a natural buyback here just because it's fallen so much. You do have three pretty good uh, over F's here Kennedy, Collins, and Holt Camp. And if you look at the Heat, believe it or not, you don't really suspect them as an over team pitch because they're kind of deliberate and slow paced and really good defensively. But they're actually 37 and 24 to the over this year, and they're 16 and 11 to the over at home. So uh, I'd maybe entertain a buy low over and a half To me, I don't call that a sharp play, but it's a value play based on a, a, a total that opened way higher at 227. Yeah, I
3: mean, my- Miami, when you think about Miami, again, so much depth. I mean, Hero's got 20 points off the bench. He's averaging 20 points off the <laughs> bench, Josh. Uh, that's funny, I mean, I the total say, too, diving down a little bit there.
4: It really is. And Pritch, by the way, we the other day, maybe it was last week, we went through all those awards. Tyler Hero for sixth man, I believe, is like minus 1,000 right now. So okay. he's really running, running away with that award, which uh, makes total sense. He's had a great year so far.
3: All right, let's get to the Timberwolves. Uh, and the Cavs here, Josh. Um, uh, I want to see what the market is indicating on this one. Uh, It gets three right now. t wolves still laying three, Uh, 218.5. It was three and a half earlier uh, when I was watching this line, uh, Josh. 218.5 is the total. Uh, Again, Cleveland, uh, they said all the right things outside of the uh, uh, All-Star break, uh, averaging 95 points a game in that last two games. And then you got uh, the t wolves averaging 110 points uh, in their last two games post-All-Star break.
4: Yes, you're totally right, Pritch. You know, the early move here was to the T-Wolves. They're a big public play here. They're getting about 70% of bets across the market. But I saw some opening numbers as low as like Minus one and a half, minus two for Minnesota, now, now all the way uh, to three and a half. But that three and a half, as you mentioned about an hour ago, a lot of those are gone, or it's at least uh, inching back down to three. So if you want to sweat the Cleveland Cavaliers here, you got to remember, they're missing both Karis LeVert and Darius Garland in this game. So that's really, to me, a part of the reason why you saw that early move to Minnesota. You also saw uh, a lot of money hit that under. I think the opener was around 220, 221. It's now down to 218 and a half. So I'd go Cleveland or nothing here, Pritch. I mean, even though they're missing some of their top guys, they're a really good. You know, kind of glue defensive young team. Uh, if you look at them overall this year, they're 36 and 24 straight up, 35 and 23 against the spread. And remember, they are a really good under team. They're 36 and 22 to the under, including at home 20 and 7 to the under. So if you're making me get the spread, I really can't go T Wolves. You know, with the public getting the worst of the number, especially now that you're seeing a lot of buyback, three and a half down to three. I'd be maybe intrigued by the under here. You're wary of Minnesota just because they do score quite a bit. Uh, another part of the line moved to Minnesota, slight uh, rest advantage. Mm-hmm. They last played the 25th versus the 26th year. No, it's not as big just coming out of the all-star break. But long story short, Pritch, I would lean under here. You do have a really good uh, under team at home, especially with the Cavs, and they're missing two of their uh, their, their guards here to score a lot of buckets. So uh, I'd, I'd lean under in this one.
3: Okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I mentioned 95 points game uh, post-All-Star break and uh, Levert uh, Garland. I believe those guys still out, right?
4: Yeah, it looks like they're okay. both out tonight, Pritch. Partly why you saw that move yeah. go to the, the T-Wolves in the under.
3: Okay, interesting right there. Uh, and then this is very interesting because uh, New York City, uh, to lift a vaccine mandate March 7th per mayor, Eric Adams. However, the private sector mandate still restricts Kyrie Irving from playing uh, at the Barclays Center. Uh, so you got this game, Josh, coming up. The Raptors uh, and the Nets, and the Nets as, as figure. I mean, they're, they're a dog in this one at home. Still, KD is still in, injured. He's going to come back this week, I mentioned, against Miami perhaps. Uh, and then the situation with the Nets without Kyrie, Uh, still a dog in this game against Toronto, 217 is the total.
4: Yeah, and by the way, Pritch, the last time the Nets played, uh, they actually beat Milwaukee, unbelievable, over the weekend. They were right. a nine and a half point dog with Kyrie. Kyrie <laughs> <drops> third- <laughs> yeah, with Kyrie. Of course, he's on the road here, but and that's probably gonna end soon again with Adams kind of probably lifting these restrictions here soon. But they were getting nine and a half in Milwaukee. They win 126-123. And again, Kyrie dropping 38 points here. So that's something to be excited. If you're a Nets fan, probably gonna get Kyrie at these home games. Simmons, you know, inching closer and closer to his return. In terms of this one, Pritch, I kind of like the wrap. Raptors early, just because you are missing all these guys at home with, with, uh, with the nuts here. Mm -hmm. Again, no Durant, no Kyrie Simmons, obviously, you know, Harden's gone. So really depleted roster, but I got to say, you know, the Raptors have really struggled recently. uh, And this is a team that was really high on. They're only one and four their last five. Uh, You go to Atlanta, you're a three and a half point dog. You lose by 27. uh, The other night before that at Charlotte, I played them as a short road favorite two point favorite. You lose by 30. So I don't know what's up with the Raptors here. I feel like they should get by the nets with, you know, with them missing a bunch of their big guys. But do I want to lay a four? Not really. I would say it does look like it may get to four and a half. But at pretty much all day, you're getting like 80% of bets on Toronto. Public just says, hey, take them with all these guys out for the Nets. But the four really hasn't moved. It's starting now to inch up to four and a half. Mm-hmm. It's just tough for me. You feel like they'll get by the Nets team without their big guys. But you're with the public, and you're kind of getting a number that really hasn't moved. Maybe there's some line freeze-ish uh, type uh, type value here to the Nets. So no play for me, Pritch. But I would look uh, possibly toward the under. It did open 218. It's down to 217 at most books. Okay.
3: Now. I'm looking at Van Vliet day to day. You're right about Toronto allowing uh, a lot of points. Uh, certainly defensively. I think there's some questions here, but uh, could we be at a buy low situation here with Brooklyn? Um, listen to Charles Barkley, talk about this Nets team uh, when they do get KD back and when, okay, the situation with Kyrie uh, resolves itself. I don't know when it does, but uh, it's idiotic really when you think about, okay, the vaccination thing, right? But from a betting standpoint, like, how do you back this team? Are they at a point to back them in terms of a four-point dog
4: situation at home uh, against a team that's struggling like Toronto? So it's a really great question, Pritch. I mean, to me, obviously you are buying low here at home. You're a dog. You're really contrarian. You don't really have a uh, you have a line freeze here in terms of heavy betting Raptors, yet they really won't budge off that four. But to me, I'm really going to look at them buying low in terms of their futures price. Okay. Like, you know, tonight I'm not too confident in them, obviously, missing their guys. But I'm looking at the market pitch. They're plus 600 to win the NBA title. If you look at their odds to uh, to win the Eastern Conference, they are plus 300, the favorite here. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't target them on a game-to-game basis right now with their guys out. I'd be targeting them more of, hey, you know, uh, they've dropped in the standings quite a bit. But what's kind of impressive here is the oddsmakers are saying, despite their struggling record, despite their injuries, when they're healthy and they're ready to go, Pritch, they're going to be tough to beat. If we can get a you know, a Sixers-Nets or a Nets-Bucks you know, Eastern Conference Finals, or who knows, my Celtics may never lose again, Pritch, although they <laughs> lost yesterday. Uh, that's going to be interesting. But to me, if you're buying low on the Nets, it's looking at their futures to win the East and to win the NBA title, not really on a on a one-game sample of, of tonight.
3: Okay, and then we got San Antonio-Memphis, uh, and then certainly the Hornets and the Bucks. Uh, that's a double-digit spot. Uh, with the Bucks, any anything standing out to you uh, on your play card today for the NBA,
4: Josh? So I have some really high totals that I'm going to go over with Pritch and are up against it. But that Spurs Grizzlies game, I took the over there. It opened okay. 236 and a half, really, really, really high total here. Public says it's too high; it's got to go under. You have a majority bets on the under, but yet you've seen a contrarian over reverse line move where it opened 236 and a half, now to 237 and a half. So uh, looking toward that Spurs Grizzlies game, I am on the over, over in the Indy game, and Pritch. Last segment, we'll talk about the other ones. Yeah, let's do it. Um,
3: I di- I didn't realize you had that many over plays, but we'll. We'll get to those for sure in the next segment, as well as uh, the start of the madness. Uh, when we saw seven teams in the top ten uh, go down this past weekend. We'll get to all that come up next right here on DCEN, D Sports Betting Network. Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Just place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSEN200 when you make your first bet, plus earn BetMGM Rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM Resorts Nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Once again his bonus code VSEN200 to win $200 in free bets. F3 pointer is made in the NBA game you wager on. Got to get to betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. It's a new customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets for site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. 1-800-GAMBLER if you feel that you have a gambling problem. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back to the program is Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. Uh, so, Josh, rounding out the NBA, uh, you have some totals, game totals plays, uh, and two more games here um, uh, the bucks and the Hornets. So, uh, what'd you find there?
4: Yeah, so first off, Pritch, just from a general standpoint, there are a ton of high totals right. tonight. So, there's a bunch of totals that are like, you know, 238, 237, 232. So, there's some really high ones here. And I think automatically, just really high totals, there's a public perception of, hey, it's so high, it's got to go under, or you look at a total and say, wow, these teams score a million points, even though it's high, still give me the over. So I really like these line moves on really high totals because it kind of speaks and pulls back the curtain to kind of how the public perception views a total versus how kind of the, the market is moving a total. So for this one, I took the under. Uh, it kind of makes sense. You know, it opened 242 between the Hornets and the Bucks. It's now been bet down to 238 and a half. Uh, I jumped on the under 238 and a half Pritch. What jumped out to me is, you know, if you look at the bucks, they've gone to the over five and over their last five games. So uh, this is going to be an automatic public play of just keep riding the over. They keep hitting all these overs. But I always like it when like a team is really extreme in one direction, mm-hmm. and yet the line move is going the other way. So if it opened 242, uh, and yet everyone's betting the over, saying you know Bucks are gonna you know score 125 and give up 120, then why did this thing fall? That to me is kind of a fishy type situation here. You also look at the uh, the referees in this game. A uh, bunch of big uh, big under refs here: Courtney Kirkland, J.T. or Trey Maddox, all between 52 to 54 percent to the under. And surprisingly, Charlotte. They're still missing Gordon Hayward, but this is a team that cashed a ton of overs early in the year. They're actually 8-4 and four to the under their last 12 and January 10th, these teams met it was a 103-99 game. So unlike some of these other high totals that are going uh, up here, this is a high total that's going down. To me, that tells me it's some respect to money hitting the under. So I'm going to sweat the Bucks under 238 and a half tonight. Okay, you think about the Hornets' uh, pace and lack of defense a lot of times right there too, right? <laughs> uh, but
3: then the Bucks, uh, maybe a uh, production standpoint, uh, could be limited. Uh, Brooke Lopez is going to be out looking at some injury reports here, uh, Josh. Uh, and there's a number of players from the Hornets, too. And I don't know where the Hornets get their comp- uh, uh, contribution uh,
4: from an outside shooting standpoint, either. Yeah, that's really key. And again, Lopez is actually that that could be a big boost to them because he's obviously a guy who can spread the floor, shoot the three, a big man here. So that's kind of a boost to the Bucks if you're looking at you know Eastern Conference odds and NBA title odds. But you're right, Pritch. You know, you look at uh, again what the Hornets did early in the year when they're fully healthy on the year. They're still 33 and 27 to the over. But what's interesting if you look at, or actually they're 31 and, uh, and 30 to the under. I was looking at okay. their ATS here. Uh, but the whole point to me in terms of the high total is, hey, you know, Bucks have been going over. But yet this total open high and has fallen. It didn't open high and go up. So we'll see what happens here, Pritch. I'll be sweating uh, an under here. Let's just hope (laughs) there's not, you know, uh, 42 to 40 in the first quarter. And then over for Indiana
3: and and Orlando. I I mean, you got two teams trying to figure it out. Indiana with a number of players from the trade standpoint that they're still trying to figure it out. uh, Trying to figure it out. This one on the road situation. And then Orlando. I mean, I don't know what they're doing with the backcourt. Uh, I don't know what Orlando's doing, period. But uh, you're looking at the over in this situation, 232 and a half in this game.
4: I am looking at this over, Pritch. Pretty good steam move. Open 229 and a half. It's now up to 232 and a half. One system I looked at is when you have uh, steam, at least three points to the over. And again, you're not getting the best of it if you're getting the worst of that number. But uh, three, three points or more over steam, the over is actually 59%. So these big, big moves to the over are actually kind of sailing over so far this year. Obviously, you got to be a little bit careful because you don't want to get in the trap of getting the worst of it. But this is a play for me, Pritch. Two bad teams take the over basically. Uh, Orlando is number eight in terms of pace. Uh, Both really bad defenses. Orlando is 24th defensively efficiency-wise. Indiana is number 27. Uh, You look at um, Indy; they're actually 13 and two to the over their last 15. That trade getting away from Sabonis, Mm -hmm. you know, really offensively gifted player, but kind of a you know, more of a plotting guy up and down the court. Now you got Halliburton, you know, you know, generating this offense increasing their tempo and buddy healed uh, shooting threes so they've been an over team you look at Orlando they're eight and 40 over their last 12 and we have a, a box score to recreate here back on February 2nd this was a 119 118 game between these two teams uh, landing on a total of 237 so uh, again the whole point here is got you know these could win these could lose pitch but just don't bet a total because it's high take the under or low take the over take each game on its merits and ask yourself Hey, it's high for a reason because the odds makers probably have a projection here of, of expecting quite a few points. Yeah, Always great insight,
3: Josh. So now we get to college basketball and we have the beginning of conference tournament time, uh, Northeast Conference, uh, Central Connecticut State and fairly Dickinson uh, right here. Uh, Josh, I mean, I, I'm, I should ask you, do you have a play on this one? <laughs> So
4: I actually don't have a play on this one, Pritch. I wish I did. I wish I could pull out a Utah Valley, you know, (laughs) rabbit out of the hat here or a Grand Canyon. But um, it's obviously exciting that we're actually just getting to these conference tournaments here. I would say, though, add a game, extra game. Always remember, you know, this Central Connecticut Fairleigh Dickinson game, it's game 306-107, 306-108. So anytime you have a six-digit Vegas ID number or rotation number or ID, whatever you want to call it, Those are the games that are kind of tough for the public to find. It's on a different tab on your betting app. It's, you know, hard to find the game on on the odds page. So uh, moves are definitely meaningful in these really low bet games that are hard to find. Um, And they did see a move toward Fairleigh Dickinson. They open around minus three and a half, then up to minus four, even four and a half. My big play here, I'm not going to bet this game personally, but you get to these conference tournaments, I'm going to lean on some unders when you have these neutral courts. Uh, Tough for the sight lines. You know, you don't really uh, it's an unfamiliar type situation. You don't know the backboard, uh, you know, the court, the Mm -hmm. different bounces. Uh, And obviously, it's a road game for both teams. So I'll lean unders, especially when you're later in conference play and it's your, you know, third game in three days. But for this one, Pritch, uh, no play for me, but Fairley Dickinson taking some action here. All right. All right. So
3: just in general, Josh, for the audience, I mean, conference tournament time over the weekend, I was just diving into a lot of metrics. Uh, because I I think the field could be wide open, certainly. But seeding and all that's going to be decided at conference tournament time. we we got a big game we're going to discuss here in a minute. But what overall your philosophy, I mean, do you dive into metrics or do you purely just look at uh, the line situation, sharp movement, uh, and certainly all the insights that you provide?
4: Yeah, so my thing is I look at a few things. So number one, you know, I'll look at the overnight lines. I'll write the sharp report for VEASAN, uh, Mm -hmm. VEASAN.com slash newsletter. You can read it every morning but I look at the early number, how it moves uh, and then kind of monitor the movement throughout the day going into the next day. Also look at betting system matches like we'll get to this Baylor Texas game in a second, but you know two ranked teams take the favorite. That's 60% so far this year. It's like 59%, almost 60%. And then of course give a shout out to our buddy Ken Palm. Mm. You know, if there's a situation where, you know, maybe uh, there's an early move toward team A, you know, Ken Palm has them winning by three and they open at a pick them that sort of thing. I love Greg hoops. His, his uh, spreadsheet is really Mm. awesome as well. So kind of applying the, the metrics with the analytics and just, just trying to make the smartest bet that you can. That's kind of my angle, uh, betting college hoops. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about uh, having an eye test if you want. I mean, certainly there's a lot of experts
3: that track it and hoops uh, is, is one of those experts for sure. But uh, so many resources here at vsin too. I Advise a lot of people to uh, dive in. Their point spread weekly is outstanding as well. Uh, The College Hoops Betting Guide is coming out too, so I mean, that's going to be incredible. But I was just getting your thoughts on that as we are entering conference uh, tournament time. So Baylor, Texas, big game in the Big 12. Uh, I think the atmosphere is going to be juiced up down there uh, for the Longhorns. Uh, But then you got the Baylor Bears. I mean, they just keep doing it, Josh. The last two years has been incredible, uh, incredibly consistent uh, for Baylor. So what do you think of this game? we got Baylor uh, laying
4: a point and a half now, 135 is the total. So Pritch, I moneyline Baylor in this spot. I Baylor just to win the game. Again, when you have these spreads that are yeah. minus one, minus one and a half, I'm a proponent of hey, pay a little more juice. Just saying, we just can win the game. You'd hate to see you know Baylor win by one and you lose your one and a half. That's happened to me quite a few uh, times over the past. So that's kind of my evolution into going moneyline in these situations. So number one, we talked about that that betting system. Two ranked teams take the favorite, 59%, almost 60% ATS this year. That would match on Baylor. You also get kind of the line movement, Pritch. You know a lot of these books. Open either like a pick'em type game mm-hmm. or a slight Baylor minus one, and pretty much all movement has been toward Baylor. A lot of these books up to minus one and a half. Uh, you do have Ken Palm having winning by one. Be- much better offensive team, almost eighty points a game versus seventy here. So all money line Baylor, and then Pritch the other one, I know we're up against it. Give me Wyoming tonight. Okay, I'm a little concerned. It's kind of a trendy dog. Uh, you know, it is a slight popular uh, play tonight. But we have both Ken Palm and our buddy Greg Hoops having Wyoming winning this game tonight. And a lot of these books that anytime they get to San Diego State minus two get hit by a plus two Wyoming, bringing it back down to one and a half. So uh, give me Wyoming plus two if you can find it. If not, I'll take the one and a half. They have a much better offense here, Pritch. 75 a game, only 66 for uh, SDSU and 13-0 and at home for Wyoming, Pritch. Let's go, Cowboys.
3: Ooh, SDSU's defense, though, Josh. <laughs> same, thing tough, with the, uh, yeah, you, same thing with that atmosphere down at Texas. I mean, something tells me. I, I think I'm going to take the dog on that one. Uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Great job, Josh. Appreciate it, Pretch. Have a good night. You too. The Edge coming up next.